Welcome to this week's episode of the North Bible Church Podcast. Now, let's join our pastor as we open God's Word together. Good morning. It's good to be here with you. My name is Wes. I get the privilege of being uh, the associate pastor here at North, and it's a privilege to be here with you, with you online as well. And um, I was just reminded that if there's 100 people in the room right now, that there's 100 different perspectives. There's a hundred different uh, thought processes. There's a hundred different experiences. Uh, there's a hundred, maybe a hundred different reasons why you're here uh, this morning for, uh, for, for church this morning. Some of us have just won softball championships. Some of us have just gotten back from Camp Pondo where our students and our leaders went a couple weeks ago. But we have different people with different feelings about church in this room. We have different People with different feelings about the other people in this room. We have different faith journeys. We have different distractions. We have different joys. Uh, we have different perspectives about God and his word. And so my prayer this morning, and the Holy Spirit is going to have to help accomplish this because I can't do this, but my prayer this morning is that no matter where we've come from and what our experiences are, uh, that we will experience the Holy Spirit in a new and fresh way today. Even if you've come in here, you're not sure why you're here, you're not, you know, you're not even a follower of Jesus, but you're just here. My prayer is that as an individual, something will speak to you today. And that something I'm praying is the Holy Spirit and our God who's in heaven. And then also as a group today, we are experiencing something as well. It says when two or three are gathered, we, the Holy Spirit is there. And so um, because of that, I'm going to pray here in just a moment, and I'm going to invite you uh, to just humble your hearts and your minds, uh, as, and I'm going to ask you to, to do an outward expression, okay? There's nothing magical about this, and if you don't, you don't, you're not required to do this, but I'm just going to ask you. While I pray, I just would want you to hold your hands out, and, just, and it's just a sign of humility that you want what the Lord may want to say to you uh, this morning. So as I pray, if you're willing, hold your hands out in kind of a submission or a humility that you want what, what this God of the universe may want to say to you this morning. Let's pray. God, we do approach you uh, humbly right now. Um, you are God, and we are not. And we just want to submit ourselves uh, to this moment. Uh, whether we're watching online, we're watching on Wednesday this week, or it's Sunday morning here uh, at North Bible Church, um, we just want to hear from you and your word in your spirit today. So we invite you in to this place again, in your name. Amen. Thank you for doing that. Uh, so we just finished a great series called Being the Church, and we went through the book of Ephesians, and one of the things that just stuck out, we just kept driving at home, is what it means to be in Christ, to be in Christ as individuals, as well as be in Christ as a local church body. And we also talked about because of who Jesus is, and because we are in Christ, we then get to live that out as we go forward. And like Jay said, uh, this Sunday and the next two Sundays, so three in total, we're kind of talking about what that, that is where we get to live that out. And we get to engage with other people. We get to engage with God. We get to engage with the local church body. We get to engage with the world, the community. We get to engage as individuals as well as a collective body. Now, you could say that we're going to talk about engagement 
uh, for the next few weeks. This is not the kind of engagement where it leads to marriage, even though that's really great as well. Actually, there's some pretty fun uh, engagement videos out there. Uh, some are great, uh, you know, successes, and some are failures. And I just, just bonus footage for you today. Let's just check out this engagement fail. I love that. I'm not sure if he's wiping tears off his eyes or like pieces of apple pieces right, coming from his, from his eyes there. I, I love those engagement videos. Some are fails and some are quite epic, but um, that was just a bonus for you this morning. So regarding our discussion, uh, regarding being engaged and what it means to live that out uh, in our life, we're going we're gonna to talk about some of those moments in our life where we experience God in a different sort of way. Uh, you could call this maybe a mountaintop experience, that we are to pursue God in the everyday life. We are to pursue God when things are, don't look very hopeful, when we are in our moments of despair. We're also to pursue God in these special moments, a, a mountaintop or a highlight experience in our life. I believe from my own experience, as well as from Scripture, that we are to pursue God uh, in these mountaintop moments, not just day-to-day, -day, not just the valleys of our life, but in these, these high moments of our life. And maybe some of these moments come to your mind. Maybe you've had an experience where there was just something that happened that was different and unique in, in your faith. And you kind of look back on that moment, and you, you look back on it, and, and it, it excites you, it energizes you, you hold on to it, you remember it, and you can say, God was faithful in that way, in that unique special moment that I get to look back on that and remember that. Now, maybe you haven't had an experience where you felt like God did something unique or special, and I would encourage you, uh, as we talk today, as we open up God's Word today, to consider what it might mean for you to pursue a moment like that in your life. For me, one of those experiences was a few weeks ago. Um, I happened to be on an actual mountaintop. Uh, as I hiked to the top of this mountain, uh, that was an actual active volcano, uh, I saw God, his beauty, and his power and majesty in a way that I had never experienced it before. As this volcano literally sent out lava and smoke and ash, it would do so in such a way that it, it shook the ground, it, it shook us standing there, it hurt our ears, and you never quite knew exactly what was going to happen in that moment. It gave me a respect for God that I hadn't quite understood before. Now here's, here's a video from a dormant volcano looking at the active volcano, so check this out. So you can see, it doesn't feel quite that intimidating from where we were camped. But he, this next video shows a little bit more about what it feels like up closer to the active volcano. So this is up closer. And you can just see above the clouds there, it was just a majestic and powerful place to be. And then this is a picture of my wife and I as the volcano was showing off behind us. And then the group that we were with, uh, my daughter Cassidy and her boyfriend Big Mike, and then Hunter Rickert and his, uh, his girlfriend Brittany. But in that moment, I'm standing at 
300 yards from this volcano that's erupting behind me, and every time it went off, you'd kind of cower because it would shake the ground, and it was loud, and ashes kind of dripping on your, dropping on your arms and things like that. I just would, I looked around and just in awe. Just, there's something that changed. I could not have experienced that at home. I couldn't have experienced that moment in any other place than right where I was at that moment. And so, my challenge for us today is to consider what it may mean to find these moments in our life. Now, we can experience God in the normal routines of life. We can hear from Him. Uh, we can experience God in the moments in the, in the valleys. But sometimes it takes work and preparation to experience Him in a new and fresh way. One, I had to fly to Guatemala to even experience this. We had to drive to the base of this volcano before we could even start hiking the two mountains that we did. We did an all-day hike up one, down, and then up to the other, and I was, I was struggling. Um, I actually, after one mile, unfortunately, I had to give my backpack to other people to hold, um, so I never carried a backpack the whole time we were hiking after the first mile. Some people brought a hiking stick with them, and I took one person's hiking stick and another person's hiking stick. <laughs> and they had no hiking stick, and I had two. Uh, because I was just, I was a struggle bus. I was having a hard time getting up there. And at the peak of that, it was over 14,000 feet in elevation. Many times, in order to experience God in powerful ways, it will take preparation and work, and maybe even other people's help to get there. What our students experience in the mountains in California at Camp Pondo was no different. There was a ton of preparation that went into that trip. There was work that went into that trip. There were acts of faith that went into making that experience on the mountaintop what it was. An act of faith like courage. Courage for these students to even just choose to go on this trip. For some of them, it was the first time they've ever been away from home for more than a night. For some of them, they knew no one else that was going on the trip. That took an act of faith. It took courage for them to do that. It took commitment. It took commitment. It took their time. It took energy. And it took money and knowing that you're not going to sleep very well the whole time you're there. But it took commitment. It also took generosity. Generosity to get these kids to go to camp. Many of you supported through prayer and through finances to get these kids up to camp. It took generosity for that to happen. And it took trust. It took trust in the leadership at North. It took trust in what they would experience while they were at camp. Now I have a video of our group coming out of the bus. This was on the way to camp. I just want to give you a picture of of the people that we took up to camp, because we're gonna talk a little bit more about that later on in the service. So here's a picture, or a video, of them getting out of the bus on the way to camp. All right, then here's a picture of us when we first arrived at camp. This is our, our group picture. No one really uh, knew everyone while they were there. We were the, the biggest church that attended the camp. There were a couple hundred other students there, but we had a great group. And this is another picture of our group uh, just before we left camp and headed down the mountain uh, back to Scottsdale. And so as we talk about uh, this, I just want to have that picture in your guys' mind as we talk about the mountaintop experience this morning. So I want to open up God's Word 
And I want, I want to show us how important these experiences can be in our life and how God wants to use them. So there's a couple things that we're not talking about this morning. We're not talking about the moments that are legitimate, that we're actually not pursuing God. We're not looking for something. We're not even really uh, trying to know what God has for us. And yet, God intervenes and he, he interrupts and he comes in and reveals himself like Saul who was on the road to Damascus. He's on the road, God comes in, he interrupts, he intervenes. Saul was not looking for God. He was not looking for an experience. He was not pursuing him, but God came in, intervened, revealed himself, blinded him, and gave him a new calling and a new name. And like Mary, the mother of Jesus, though faithful to God, she was not looking for some crazy experience. The Holy Spirit then approached her and said, you know, you are a virgin, you're going to become pregnant, and by the way, you're going to give birth to the Savior of the world. She was not looking for something like that, yet God stepped in, intervened, and, and showed her something new. So there's times when we're not even pursuing God that he's going to just jump in there and reveal himself to us. Those are great. It's not what we're talking about today. Another way is to be pursuing God in kind of the everyday moments of life. Where these are great moments. We're not going to focus in on, on those today as what we're talking about. But these, these are the moments like where you know, Peter, he's in the boat with the disciples, and they're probably fishing, and Jesus walks to them on the water. They're scared. They think it's a ghost or what's going on. And then Peter realizes it's Jesus, and then he walks out. He, in his daily routine, he pursues Jesus in a way that he would have never expected before. Zacchaeus who was short in stature, climbs a tree to see Jesus. Zacchaeus was probably on his way to work, or he was on his way back home from lunch. In the everyday moment of life, he chose to pursue Jesus. And you had Mary washing Jesus' feet. They were probably just having a meal, probably just in a home, having a meal together, and yet in the normal routine of life, pursued a special moment with Jesus. And then several times we pursue these, these moments with God for healing, right? You're probably praying for yourself. You're probably praying for someone else right, right now as, as part of your daily routine for healing for someone else. And we see that as Mary and Martha, they send out for Jesus when Lazarus, Jesus' friend, his relative, and he called him a brother, was sick and he was dying. They were just living their life, but yet asking for healing, pursuing. Jairus sought Jesus because his daughter was dying. The centurion sought healing for his servant and friend. Guys lowered down the paralyzed guy through the roof just to put him at Jesus' feet. They probably had just come from work. A woman touches Jesus' cloak as she's walking through town and she's healed of her illness. The pool of Bethesda in the middle of town that was said to have healing properties, they would just pass by that every single day. So there, those are amazing things that God did. Today, though, we're talking about the moments where we pursue an experience with God that is literally on a mountain or in a beautiful, majestic place. Because in those moment, moments, God does something special, miraculous, and unique. Consider these moments in Scripture where a mountaintop experience is crucial to God's story and that his kingdom is revealed. Luke 6, 12-13 says this, One day Jesus went up on a mountain to pray. He prayed all night to God. In the morning, he called his followers to him. He chose 12 of them and called them. Jesus went on, literally on the mountaintop 
because of that experience, came down and called the 12 disciples who then did ministry with him for the next three years. There's a reason he went on the mountain. Jesus again went away to the mountain to pray. And right after that is when he, wa he walked out to the disciples on the water, and then Peter walked out to him on the water, yet following prayer on the mountain. Jesus gave a sermon on the mount. His longest sermon, you know, this sermon on the mount kind of covers every area of life. There's, there's a distinct reason why things happen while we're on the mountain. The sermon on the mount comes from a mountain. The mountain in Galilee where Jesus gave his parting words. He, the last thing he says to his disciples was on Mount Galilee. He says this in Matthew 28. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That was on Mount Galilee. Matthew 15, they're up on a mountain, and Jesus has the miraculous feeding of the 4,000. It was on Mount Ararat that Noah's ark came to rest after the flood. It happens to just rest on a mountain. And then God makes a new covenant with Noah in that moment on the mountain. Solomon builds his temple on Mount Moriah. That's also the place, Mount Moriah, where God met with Abraham. Mount Zion, the place where King David built his city, that place called Jerusalem, on the mountain. Then there was Deborah, a judge and prophetess, and she said this, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded, Go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor? Take with you 10,000 men, and I will deliver him into your hand. This command Deborah gave led to the defeat of King Jabin, who had been oppressing God's people and God's land at Mount Tabor. And then consider Moses. Moses goes up to Mount Sinai, not once. He doesn't go up to Mount Sinai twice. Moses goes up Mount Sinai seven different times that we find from Exodus 19 to Exodus 34. Exodus 19, the first time he goes up the mountain, God tells him, go and tell my people that they, they are mine, that they are God's people. Set aside nation for me. That's what the first... God says the first time he's up the mountain. He goes down, he gives the message. He goes up the mountain again to meet with God. God says, tell them there's a storm coming. There's clouds. Be ready to hear from me. He goes, he gives the message to God's people. He goes up the mountain again, speaks with God. God says this, stay away from the top of the mountain. Tell the people to wait for my words. Moses goes down, gives them those words, and then audibly, from the top of the mountain, God speaks through the clouds. I can't see him. He speaks through the clouds down, and he gives them audibly the Ten Commandments for the first time. The fourth time up the mountain, Moses goes, as we continue in the book of Exodus, God asks him to make an altar, and then he gives him instructions for living. And he's supposed to take those instructions for living, like justice and ways to treat people, to the people. He goes down, he gives them the message. The fifth time Moses goes up the mountain, 
He's up there for 40 days. And he's given the stone tablets with the Ten Commandments scribed on them. And he was just gone for 40 days. But by the time he goes back down the mountain, he sees God's people who have been all like, ah, you were gone, so, you know, we created a golden calf. We're going to worship this from now on. And Moses is so upset, he throws the tablets down on the ground, and they break. And then Moses goes up the mountain again the sixth time, and he pleads for the people. They said, forgive, forgive them of their sins. And God talks about the consequences that happen when we put false idols before our God. And then he gives them that message. Moses goes up a seventh time to the mountain, 40 days up there again, and he comes back with a new set of Ten Commandments scribed on the stone, and it says that his face was radiating with God's presence. There's something unique that God wants to do in those places in our lives. Going back to Jesus, Matthew 17, 1 through 8 says this, After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of Jesus, and led them where? Up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured, Jesus' face was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. If you're not familiar, Moses and Elijah had been gone for quite some time. They appeared there talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And as he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud, God said, this is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased to listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces, and they were terrified. But Jesus came to them and touched them, saying, rise and have no fear. And when they lifted their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Jesus modeled for us going to the mountaintop to meet with God. And there's countless stories throughout Scripture. Paul even emphasizes it in Romans 1, how important God's creation is to telling the story of who God is. And I think the pinnacle of that creation are these mountains. Romans 1, 19 through 20 says this, Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so the people are without excuse. There is something unique, special, majestic in the creation that God has given us. And I would make a biblical argument that the mountains represent the pinnacle of those places. Now, my disclaimer is this, and we've kind of already talked about it, uh, that God can meet us anywhere. God can meet us when we're not even pursuing him. God can meet us when we pursue him in just the normal times of life, the normal routine. But there seems to be enough evidence that there are times that he will meet us in a special way on the mountaintop or in those majestic, beautiful places. Now I have a, a highlight video that I'm going to show you from, from camp. And this is to illustrate a little bit of 
what you can experience when you seek out, you do the work, you take the preparation, you go with other people, you go by yourself to experience God in a new and fresh way. And students got a chance to experience that when they were at camp. Uh, but just as a short video to show you a little bit of what we experienced, some of the fun stuff, but also some of the, the worship we experienced. Looks like fun, right? So some quotes from our students uh, who experienced the mountaintop experience over at camp. The first is this, I memorized scripture. I had never done that before. And it was profound, all of our students memorizing God's word. And actually I have Joshua Lee here with us this morning. Come on up, Joshua. Uh, Joshua memorized, we were challenged to memorize. That's it, Romans, give it up for Joshua. We looked at Romans 8 as well as Psalm 19, and he just decided to memorize all of Psalm 19. And so I've asked him to recite it from memory today. It's going to be up on the screen, but he's promised me he's not going to look and read it off of the screen. Okay? Here you go, bud. Excuse me. The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of the saints. Day to day, for his horse speech, and night to night revealed his knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words, their voice is not heard. Your miles went off through all the earth and our utterances to the end of the world, in them he has placed the tent for the sun. Which is of the bridegroom coming out of his chamber, he goes to the strong man to run his course, but it from one end of the heavens and it strikes to the other end of them, and there is nothing hidden from the sea. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise and simple. The priests of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is Pure light and mass. The fear of the Lord is clean and enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. Their mortgages are of the gold. This is much fine gold. So they are also money and the drinking of the money Moreover, by them, your servant is warned, and keeping them, there is great reward. Who can discern his errors, but may have been false? Also, keep out your servant from presumptuous sin. Then I will be blameless, and I shall be acquitted of three transgressions. But the words of my mouth, Show your appreciation. Thanks, sir. Appreciate it. That's impressive. It's impressive. It's important to rely on the promises that we have in Isaiah where it says that God's word doesn't return to him void. And when we implant those into our hearts, it changes us from the inside out. Psalm 19.1 said, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Sometimes we just need to be in places where we can see the heavens, and we can see the skies, and it shows us the glory of God. And a quote from someone else who went to camp said this, I'm starting to realize that there is a God, and that God is for me no matter what. Someone else said, I sing worship songs to God, for the first time in my life. Another student said, I raised my hands towards the Lord while I sang worship songs for the very first time. Another student said, I worshiped and sang with such excitement I physically lost my voice. Someone else said, I asked God to show me he was real. I asked him for a second big shooting star and got one immediately. God spoke to me, and I now believe in him. Someone said, I didn't want to go to camp. I was skeptical, and I didn't have friends. 
I now have friends at church and my faith is growing. Another student said, I didn't want to go to church at all during this season and now I just want to be with my friends and church family. Another one said, I didn't want to give up my phone for a whole week. I was disappointed when I heard that we were doing that. I'm grateful now as it allowed me to be present with people and present with God. And someone else said, I came to camp as an agnostic. I now believe in a God who loves me. <clears throat> a shameless plug for student ministry. Student ministry provides us the opportunity to meet with teens, middle school, high school, in these just for forming years where they're making decisions. They're going from children to adults, and we catch them in student ministry here at North. And North has been, is right now, and will be committed to a student ministry that helps change lives. And many of you are, are a part of that. You pray for people, you talk to people, you encourage them. I encourage you guys to, you know, stop one of the, the teenagers as they're walking by, students, give them a high five, let them know that you're praying for them, throw a donut at their head. They love stuff like that. But we get to catch students in this season of, of life where they're, they're transitioning into adults, and then we get to do, create experiences at camp, here at the church, in their homes, their ministries, and we value, we can't overstate the value of student ministry here at North and what that means. Our leaders, you're praying for them, leading them. And so continuing forward, we will, we will just fight for them, fight for our students. If you can't tell, there's a lot of momentum going forward right now. And it's cool to see God moving in that way. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2 say this. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, or maybe even teens, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. So as we engage in our faith, taking what we've learned through Ephesians, about what it means to be in Christ as well as be the church, and we engage in our faith, whether it's the daily routines, whether it's the valleys, the low moments in life, I would want you to consider what it would mean for you to have a mountaintop experience, so some experience where God reveals himself to you in a new and fresh way. We're going to do one more worship song, and then we'll come back and just give us some practical implications going forward. In just a moment, We'll rejoin our pastor for today's closing thoughts. But first, we wanted to thank you for tuning in. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com. Now, some closing thoughts from our pastor. We, do, uh, we are committed to prayer, so you can put your prayer request in the box on your way out, or you can come pray with our friends over here in the side of the worship center this morning. It's an honor to, to be entering in to pray with you guys for that. Um, but I'm going to ask you maybe a really obvious thing to do. Um, I would challenge you, encourage you, to try and meet with God on the mountain. Plan a trip to Sedona, go to Camelback, you need to drive up to the top of the mountain there's several of those south mountain four peaks if you can't hike up there 
And there's nothing magical about that request, right? Being on the mountain doesn't mean that God's going to, you know, speak audibly to you. But there may be something that he wants to show you. And then if you pursue being in a place of beauty, majesty like that, that he will, he will speak to you in a way that he, he isn't doing in your normal everyday life. There's just something about the trip, the expectations, the work, the preparation that goes into it. And God uses all that to reveal things to us. So my encouragement for you is to consider what that would mean to be on the mountaintop like Jesus, Moses, some of these guys and gals and experience what it means to see God on the mountain. I love you. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com.